0: Welcome to another installment of Money You Should Ask. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler. In this episode, we are going to explore, question, examine, converse, dig deep, expose, laugh, and cry about the money beliefs, money blocks, and life challenges of our next guest. Turn up the volume, listen, learn, and laugh. I'm excited today because we have the world-famous Jeff Scott. World-famous. World-famous, who's been at the Comedy Store... Twenty-two years. Yes, correct. And he is probably the world's greatest Pee-wee Herman
1: impersonator. Oh, I don't know if they're great. Well, I, well, yeah. I, nobody else. He doesn't do the theater as scene as much as I do. He doesn't do that.
0: <laughs> and uh, he's also um, he's written five musicals. He got paid on one of them before yep. the company went bankrupt. <laughs> um, he is a masterful musician. He uh, is an amazing master of creating costumes to the. Nth degree I think he worked on a studio or something um, welcome <laughs> Jeff Scott it's great Thanks, to have you Bob good
1: to be here good to see you buddy
0: yeah it's nice to see you so I, I'm excited um, I'm excited to talk to you because yeah there's like you have had a very um, broad career you've done you've done musical theater you've done impersonations um, you've like you've tr- you've gone on tour
1: right
0: and you've been here at the comedy store. Playing away and bringing up comics.
1: Yep, five Um, nights a week.
0: Yeah, and did you – so, like, when you were a kid, was that your dream? Like, I'm going to play the piano, I'm going to be an artist? No,
1: not the piano. I mean, performing, yeah. My parents Mm -hmm. uh, enrolled me in a children's theater program at my elementary school. And I ended up – when I got out of high school, I became a teacher for that same – Organization. Oh, really? So I, I taught children's theater. Actually, the lady that was my teacher, by the time I got out of high school, she was running that children's organization. So uh, Jerry Leonard Youth Theater. Hi, Cleveland. And uh, uh, I, was, I was in that. So, you know, that teaches you a certain amount of discipline. You come to a rehearsal. You have to be prepared and things, you know, like that.
0: And did you – were you – so obviously your family, your parents enrolled you. Were they really supportive of –
1: Yeah, both my parents were. I mean, uh, uh, you know, they they gave us piano lessons when we were little kids, my sister and I. Um, She liked it. I didn't because I could just sort of play by ear naturally, which isn't always uh, what a music teacher wants. I think I was telling you earlier that the last lessons I had, a summer refresher course when I was in junior high school – at the Cleveland Institute of Music, the uh, teacher walked me out halfway through the summer, pulling me by the wrist out to my mom's car, and said, "You're wasting your money. Your son will never play piano." <laughs> uh, and so, but I, I already could. I could just play. It turns out my great grandmother. Had a uh, an all-female uh, band, and she played piano around Cape oh, wow. Cod's and fairs and all in the 20s and stuff. So I think it may have jumped a generation. Oh, or, that's cool. Or I'm her reincarnated. There you are. There. You, and but did, yeah, my parents definitely, they you know encouraged my sister and I both. And they built a little stage with curtains and oh, nice. lights for me in the basement. Oh, that's cool. That <laughs> was um, nice. Had my little marionettes and puppets and magic and, and all that crap.
0: Did they ever say to you like, you know, going into the arts is going to be financially tough. No. Did they, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because some people, you, you got to be a starving artist or.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there is there is that thought. But um, I was pretty lucky. I started doing mime uh, sort of early. I was 16 when I did uh, my first mime uh, work with a, uh, a group that was called the Great American Mime Company. Game. Wow! and uh, I went to the Coventry Street Fair this is back in Cleveland Heights where there used to be this big street fair every year and there were all types of street performers and like the first two years I went there I just sort of followed them and you know and then started getting gigs on my own and by the time I got out of high school I was making uh, 125 an hour to do a mime gig so if I did two you know two hour gig at a, a birthday party or a uh, a, a store opening or something like that on the weekend. I basically made as much as my friends did flipping burgers all week. Wow. Uh, so that's a
0: pretty good start.
1: Yeah, yeah. My parents always did insist, even when we got money when we were little kids, they tried to install in us or instill the value of money. I mean, mm-hmm. being people from the 30s, you know, and right. I was born in 61. So yeah, there was a little more – uh normalization of what you're supposed to do and you're supposed to put away for savings and stuff. My parents got my sister and I in the habit of taking half of our money, whatever Mm -hmm. we got. If it was like you got 10 bucks for Christmas, you put five in your savings account. And they taught us how to, we had a checking account and a savings account with our signature, went into the bank and did that. I don't think a lot of kids have had that type of training. They just sort of look it up online and go, oh, that's how you do it. Right, (laughs) yeah.
0: Well, most kids, I think, just scream and go, "Give it to me, give it to me, mommy, mommy, yeah. mommy!" Yeah, and then exactly. they na- actually never learn, like the steps.
1: Right, right, right. And then when I was putting, you know, half of every birthday money or Christmas money or whatever aside, all of a sudden I had thirty dollars and I could buy something that I, you know, real fancy that right. I wanted. So yeah, thirty bucks <laughs> used to go a long way. Yeah, no kidding. No. <laughs> now kidding. it's just an NSF
0: fee. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, d- and. Um, so, did you get an allowance,
1: allowance, or did you just... You know, I don't really remember. I know I had chores, and I, I just don't remember getting an allowance. I may have. I can't say for sure. I mean, I remember. You know, you'd get fifty cents or a buck for a tooth from the tooth fair, right? Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not sure. I think it might have been that I just. You know, my parents said, This is what you have to do, and you did it. That's what you.
0: Yeah, see, <laughs> it's funny. We got an allowance. Well, yeah. actually, we were told we would get an allowance, but it was mostly an accounts payable. <laughs> like it was a, uh, and then when we did get our allowance, it somehow sometimes disappeared because um, yeah. my parents would borrow it back. <laughs> Uh yeah so uh, whoops whoops <laughs> oh he had a big family what are you gonna do you know um that's too funny did you so so you so you learn to save um do you like even now do you budget
1: uh yeah yeah I mean I you know my bills are all paid uh online except for my energy bill so that I have uh, a paper receipt because once in a while to uh, re-enroll for uh, m- medical things uh, yeah. that I'm involved in, uh, or, or um, get uh, treatment from and stuff. You have to, you know, show like that you have a utility a, bill, a utility bill, right? Yeah. To prove that you actually are alive somewhere. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I use. I was. I was telling you earlier. I've been using a site. Uh, it Used to be called Budget Mint, and now it's called Mint Into It. Into Intuit, It. Yeah. I T U I T yeah, 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 sure, like that. But it allows you to take all your bank accounts, all mm-hmm. your credit cards, your PayPal, your Venmo, and log them securely in on one site. So you can see individual accounts or you can see all the accounts. On the transaction page, I'll see transactions from all those different, you know, which is like eight or nine with savings and checking and Credit and, cards and stuff. And you do you go through it, it and sort of see what you're spending? Or Yeah. Yeah. And I can keep – yeah, I do. I do keep a, a a monthly book. I know how much my bills are and I know how much – there's only like three that sort of vary every month like the gas bill and electricity. And uh, But I do keep a balance on that. Yeah. Because I make not a lot of money as an artist, you know, what? so you have to, you have to sort of I thought budget. you were
0: making like $200,000
1: a year at the comedy store. Yeah. Well, don't oh, tell anyone. I won't tell anybody. i make three <laughs> cents an hour.
0: Okay. All right. That's, you know.
1: But I mean, my parents did get that sort of stuff going young. So I have mm-hmm. found that savings. Now, when I was making a lot of money in my peewee days, mm-hmm. I had been told that my illness would kill me within two years. So, I'm like, let's have a party. Let's party. Pee Wee's Playhouse. Spent a <laughs> lot of money, a lot of fancy, expensive dinners, and yeah. took trips and stuff. And now I'm like, oh, crap, I'm going to live after all. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> Darn it. Darn it. But, like, when I sold my one musical to a uh, theater company, uh, I got uh, a, just a little over 2000 for the royalties okay. on that, which I – it's the first time I ever sold royalties. I didn't know it was going to be that much. I figured, oh, I'll get ninety dollars. Nice for the script. And unfortunately, uh, it was a, a company, a theater company in Mexico that was um, ah. uh, funded by the government. And at that time, the government went boom, crash, unstable, ah. and that company closed. Uh, so they never produced the show. But but you got your two thousand. I got my two thousand, and that's been sitting in a CD. Uh, Ever since. (laughs) And I have made a whopping $192.87 in interest. Wow. And that was back in uh, 2005. Wow. Yeah, not a lot of interest on that. Not a lot. Actually, I found I get more interest in some of the savings online. Okay. And uh, I also do a lot of – all my bills are prepaid. You know, I link them to a credit card, and I have okay. a, I have a credit card that gives me a $500 cushion that I only get charged when I go below my balance okay. into that 500 I only get charged per daily interest. It's not like it's $35 every day to use that. right? You know, so that's, because some cards are like that and all, but I found this one good one. It's Capital One, 360. Yeah. And so that gives me, like, if I'm out of town and for some reason forget to deposit money in my account which doesn't happen because everything's automatic transfer automatic balance you know everything's i I just look in once a week and go yep that looks about right i still got money yeah exactly That's,
0: that's always a nice feeling
1: exactly well, and I'm also one of those – another thing my parents taught me is I always keep a 20 folded in my wallet. Nice. So an emergency 20 that's just, you know, forever. And boy, has that come in handy some nights. <laughs> How many times have you used that in one week? Oh, I don't know. I mean, you know, martinis are expensive. They are. They are. <laughs> that's an emergency.
0: That's true. It could be. It could be. Um, now, do you, when you were um, – like, so if you – like, looking back now. Yeah. And you're telling me, like – You know, you had those years of let's spend um, and did you feel bad about that later or did you like, you know, do you. Well, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, my parents, uh, I had not told them uh, of my illness and that I was told, hey, you have two years to live. Good luck. Right. Um, And that was when I moved out to L.A. I mean, I guess in the back of my head, I was thinking, well, let's go to California and see how much I can do in entertainment before I drop dead. Right. So when I came out here. In 1988, I moved into a brand new building. I had a one-bedroom apartment with a sunken living room on corner of Franklin and La Brea, and it was wow. 8.95 a month, which seems oh like gosh. which seems like nothing, but that's 1988. Right. That felt expensive. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, but i I had gotten a, a manager, uh, literally, like through like meeting him, his assistant somewhere when I was touring as Pee Wee. And she's like, oh, you've got to meet my boss. He's, a, you know, if you ever get to L.A., blah, 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 talk to him. And so I, I called him and I hooked up with him. And he got me uh, a year-long contract performing as making appearances, Pee Wee's Double. Wow. Uh, every weekend uh, in uh, the first year I was here in L.A. at car shows auto show tours you know how it's well, like custom yeah. car shows meet so and so like when i was a kid you'd go and you'd meet uh adam west batman right you know and which i still have his autograph oh wow <laughs> all right uh so i would do a little like you know a little my little peewee show little 20 minute thing and then sign pictures and of course legally everything just says jeff scott as peewee you know, right and i only can sign peewee and that the legalizations of right. impersonating that's a whole nother whole, whole nother deal but uh i was making i think 1700 a weekend wow on that gig and it was two uh uh like nine hour days oh you know okay but still
0: that's not a bad uh, and
1: i mean on top of that all my meals uh i had a per diem uh, the nice. the hotel they would send a stretch limo to pick me up to take me to the airport nice so it was you know i was looking at my first year in la i'm like oh my gosh i'm, I'm probably clear about a hundred thousand dollars not bad not bad and then wow. i guess because i was suddenly now from ohio now i'm living in california and i'm doing all these national tours i I guess I did too much peeweeing. And his, <laughs> his peewee's manager, uh, they, they put a cease and desist on the auto show because the auto show was using it said, meet Peewee. Oh. And it's like, no, you have no, to no, say, no. meet Jeff, Jeff Scott, Scott, Peewee's double or impersonator, right. twin brother. You know, yeah, right, right, right. You can't make people, you know, believe it. And there was a guy that actually came, I was in Columbus, and he's like, hey, you're not Peewee. And I'm like, no, I'm his double. I was, they're like, no, I'm just like, yeah, I was just, I'm on the big top poster. That's me and my suit flying off the trapeze and stuff. And this guy was like, well, I was told that it was the real Pee Wee and, and blah, 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 blah. And he somehow contacted Pee Wee's people and bitched about it. Oh my and God. then Pee Wee's people were like, well, we don't even know what this is going on. And I'm like, hey, how about I split my weekly income with you guys and you get, Nothing, money for doing nothing, and they're like, right. "No, you know, they're just uh, unless because uh, it is a copyrighted character." So, right. when, oh, wow, okay. Right. When they told me, you know, you, you can only do it if we hire you again, I am like, okay, I can, I can get that. At least I didn't get the twenty five thousand dollars copyright infringement fine. Yeah, that, that would have been that was that went to the auto show people. Could you could you still go to and the Chinese was,
0: man theater and
1: no, not not seventeen hundred bucks a week. No, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do, I mean, there, there are people that still impersonate Pee-wee, but Mm -hmm. I guess in some sense, it's a real compliment that I got too good or that that I was good enough that people were being mistaken. Right, and (laughs) Pee-wee
0: wasn't getting any more work because you were taking it.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But then I got a call, like some, like, uh hard copy or one of those type of tabloid things wanted to hire me to do a recreation of his arrest and i'm like f no no dude this this made me a career that got me to la you know and now i'm working behind the scenes it's longer shelf life but you know i was always a performer and i'm like why would i step on the toes that you know were so gracious
0: no exactly that's well what and how did you get to this how did you get to the comedy store
1: uh today i drove
0: no i okay how did you get here sorry on the first sorry, day i oh. had to okay all right. <laughs> all right. lordy all
1: right <coughs> well i um after after my peewee stuff stopped yeah. I lived off of my savings for like a year and a half trying to get other things going on. My, right. my manager was like, well, come up with something that kids would like. And we created a sort of a kid's host character. And it was truly horrible and just, ugh, you know, and I'm like, OK, this is not going to ever happen again. That was a lightning strike with my career and right. <laughs> whatever. So i uh, I was playing piano for a murder mystery troupe. Uh, I was writing jingles and comedy for a uh, a radio network that did pre established comedy bits for morning drive time radio across oh, okay. the country, yep. so they would buy like seven or eight pieces of my music bit at uh, you know like ten second pieces of music for like fifty bucks each and you know buy a couple of those and it 's like well they're, my rent is paid for the month right cool um, uh, and a neighbor of mine uh, said one day he said hey I saw this ad on public television that said Hollywood Nightclub seeks pianist and here's the phone number and I'm like oh thanks but I don't you know take requests I play by ear I couldn't you know play for singers without rehearsing and stuff like that and I just had the number sitting there on my desk and like a month month and a half went by and I thought well I'm curious I'll just see is it Michelli's or you know I love Michelli's yeah what what restaurant is it going to be you know and uh, they answered World Famous Comedy Store, and I told them who I was calling to, and they hooked me to Mike Becker, who was okay. the head pianist and vice president of the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, he said, uh, oh, well, have you ever worked with comics? And I said, yeah. I said, I have a friend that is works at the Comedy Store, Steve Moore. Uh, who, oh, <laughs> Steve yeah. Moore, who helped raise Paulie and Peter and the Boys with Lois Bromfeld." And uh, Steve was the uh, a piano player here also and Great. then became a paid regular. Right. Um, but Steve was my reference and I had uh, played piano for a monthly show for three years prior to starting here over at the Improv with Penny Wiggins. <gasps> uh, the Improv. The Improv. The Improv. Uh, yeah. yeah. And But I got to know lots of female comics, mm-hmm. you know, and and was hanging around the comedy club scene there and stuff. And Mike... Uh, said to me, gee, I wish you would called like a month ago. We just hired a couple guys, but I'll keep your name and number. It sounds like you could you know, be good with this. And I told him that I'd done stand-up for six years. I mean, it wasn't my thing, but, you know.
0: Paid the bills. Yeah, exactly.
1: And, well, I was also doing it as Pee Wee. So it it wasn't me. I mean, it was all my own material, but the audience already knew what what it was going to be. Right. Because they knew the character. So, you know, some comics thought that was cheating. They don't like characters. And, yeah, it's, it wasn't straight stand-up. It was, right. it was character cabaret type stuff. Um, and what was the point of that?
0: Because you met Michael Becker and then they yeah, yeah, yeah. put yeah. on so hold. It,
1: it, it, and he said, you know, I wish you'd uh, called me <laughs> earlier. And he said, well, I'll keep your name and number. And uh, at that point, I think, is when I actually uh, got a job working for an entertainment attorney. Okay. Who was a friend of a friend's, and they're like, he just needs somebody to just answer phones and basic office stuff. And and uh, being an entertainment attorney, I learned a lot of entertainment law, right? Um, and I learned how to do Word Perfect, and I started a phone rolodex for him on his computer, and you know, so uh, it was it was a good good process, and I was there for I think three years, and then uh, uh, I came home one day. And there was one phone call, and it was like, uh, hi, this is Mike Becker from the Comedy Store. Uh, you uh, interviewed with me to be a piano player a year ago, and I'd be interested in talking to you. And I called him and went and auditioned for him the next day, and I started, I think, the night or two nights after that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs>
1: and and I thought, like every other gig, you know, I'll work here a year or two or whatever and go on to something else, as all performers do you know didn't think that I would find something that not only do I love but that I could be here for 22 years
0: yeah no that's amazing and then actually you do a lot you keep a lot of the photographs and archives yeah and I started
1: archives. I started the comedy store archives on Facebook because mainly because years ago as you know this building with all its wonderful old photos and everything could so easily just go up in flames. Right. And it never (laughs) – you know, it's (laughs) it it, it amazes me with all the earthquakes we've had in California that they're – this building is so solid. Yeah. As much as you would think, well, this is just wood and it'll, sure, boom in a smoke. But it has stood up through a lot of major earthquakes and stuff. But I always thought – you know there's all these old pictures of comics and famous people and the the old stuff from when this used to be zero's yeah, nightclub so cool, and so I would start just like down here in the basement where we were were just piles of boxes of old photos and posters, and I'd take a box home and I asked Mitzi, and she I don't think understood why I was saying, okay, no, bring okay. him back, bring him back <laughs> and uh, but I'd take things home and I'd scan them just to have. Right. Like, you know, I think this was like before Facebook actually. I was yeah. doing it just to because I was fascinated by the history of yeah. all the people that had been here. It's you amazing. know, I mean, the club goes back to I thought it was 1935 when Club Seville was built. Yeah. 1933. Wow. So the building, the front part is even older than I thought.
0: Oh, really? Wow. I didn't But know then that.
1: I took those photos and uh uh, and current photos and stuff, and started the comedy store archives when Facebook opened up. And I am a oh, couple hundred shy of five thousand photos. Wow, on there, it's amazing. Yeah, and you get paid a lot of money for that. I get paid a hundred percent hugs.
0: <laughs> those are bankable. Yeah, yeah, those are bankable.
1: I also have a Ciro's Facebook page. Oh, that's cool. So I, I split them into two different categories, and for that one, I get much less.
0: Okay. <laughs> Not as many hugs. Not as many hugs. I'd definitely love were, to see. They're like, all dead. The I'd love to people. see a Ciro's night here. <laughs> yeah. I really yeah. would love to see
1: that. Well, when I hosted the Halloween show that we explored talk, we, the, the ghost and history stuff, remember yeah. we did Yeah, the, the, we did. They did the We dressed up. the lobby of our so main cool. room like Ciro's because we okay. have a bunch of old Ciro's furniture down in the basement yeah. where we are. Where yeah. we are now. Where we are
0: now, I know. And the ghost hasn't gotten us. So that's pretty cool.
1: <laughs> I guess the ghost has left. Has anybody seen the ghost in a while? Nobody has seen Gus. Oh, man. Uh-uh. Not in a, quite Not a, while. a while. I mean, well, when we did the, uh, the Haunted Midnights, the Halloween yeah. show, we had some people from Paranormal Investigations come in and they brought in some mediums. And they were able to clear the ghosts of um, uh, Ellen and uh, I forget the other woman's name but the woman that did illegal abortions and right. the woman who died from the illegal abortions right uh, up in the belly room right which is why Mitzi named it the belly room everybody yeah. <laughs> in the belly yeah oh wow yeah but yeah. Uh, um, they had they passed uh, they somehow cleared those spirits so okay. it was pretty much just Gus who was a, a security guy here yeah. And his, his name was Anthony, but his nickname was Gus. He got killed here, too, because oh. he got caught fooling around with one of the owner's yeah. Uh, girls.
0: Yeah, don't do that. No.
1: Not with the mom. Don't do that. Yeah. Not with the mob. So, And a lot of people, when they see Gus, they seem it's like you know, peripheral vision. Yeah. You know there's somebody right beside you, and you can tell, oh, there's somebody standing there in a suit and a hat, and you look, and then nothing. Yeah, well, I can tell you. I've been in the building all by
0: myself. In complete darkness, mm-hmm. it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I become like a, I go running for the door, set the alarm, and run. It just terrified me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I would not want to be here, at especially three in the this basement. Yeah,
1: the basement is scary. We had a séance once down here. Oh yeah, yeah. I think after one of the Halloween shows, a bunch of us we oh, <laughs> came down here and sat down here with a candle and talked, and something. nothing happened, but sure scared the hell out of us. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what it was good for us. Just <laughs> now this building can be scary. I love this building, but it yeah, can be scary. Oh yeah. Yeah, Later. especially if you're by yourself. I yeah. mean, there's so many little rooms and places and yeah, I mean, just yeah. walking around here, I bump into people every night or waitresses and you're like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I sorry. didn't know. No. Didn't see. Oh, pardon." <laughs> what's your best like what's your best comedy store memory? Comedy store memory. Oh, well, uh, I have one picture that I keep on my phone, uh, which was the first picture I took. My first year here was Richard Pryor's last year performing in the ah. original room. And Richard was here Wednesday and Friday nights. Okay. And uh, so Richard would come in before the show started. And he admits he would sit in the back. She'd have her Perrier and he'd have a martini. And they'd sit in the back of the original room in the bucket seats and just talk and stuff. And while I was setting up the piano, and then sometimes I would sit with them and just sort of listen in and all. And, you know, I suddenly realized, oh, my God, I'm just sitting here with the legends of comedy. And I asked, could I take a photo? And I love what I love about the photo. I mean, Richard's got his hand up on my shoulder, but Mitzi's looking at me, how excited I am. You can see the smile on her face that she's loving – you know, that I'm having this experience that she brought for everybody. Wow. So that is that's cool. That that was a pretty special one. And I stayed over with her one night when she was not doing too well and we had a hilarious time hanging out. So Wow. <laughs> no, that is I think it would always be hanging with Mitzi or doing something with her. She, she was, was well, she had an amazing woman. She had amazing stories. Yeah. yeah. Oh amazing. man. No
0: kidding. Now if you had to go back in time and talk yeah. to a younger version of yourself. Yes. Regarding your career, regarding creativity, regarding money, all of it, what would you tell yourself? Oh,
1: well, to be sensible, I think I wouldn't have lived off of all my money for a year and a half Mm -hmm. trying to do things because there's plenty of short-term gigs. I was just thinking, no, I'm going to wait until I get a sitcom or TV show (laughs) or something like that, and that's not how it works. As yeah. a matter of fact, everything that has come to me in this city comes after I'm already involved in something else, right? And through meeting other people, so I don't think I would have been that stagnant, uh, even if I thought I was going to be dropping dead, you right. know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I, I would say to myself, you know, okay, get up and do something three days a week at least, then make it four, right. you know. <laughs>
0: There you go. And how many nights a week are you here? Five. Five nights a week. We're up to five. (laughs) Well, if you want to see Jeff Scott live, you can come down to the world-famous comedy store on Sunset Boulevard. That's
1: right. 8433 Sunset in West Hollywood, California. 90069.
0: And what five nights?
1: Tuesday through Saturday in the original room. He is a
0: fixture here at the World Famous Comedy oh, Store. Thanks, Bob. Jeff, it's, I, thank you for joining us. It's been amazing and fun, and I love this. I forgot about all the ghosts. Um, <laughs> yeah, right? So I'm glad you brought that up. Um, but um, where can people find you? On Facebook under Jeff Scott?
1: Yeah, Jeff Scott Entertainer on Facebook. Uh, my website is Jeff Scott Entertainer, and then the other two pages that I host on Facebook are S- Ceros Nightclub on Sunset Strip and the Comedy Store Archives.
0: Beautiful. Well... I'm Bob Wheeler. We're Money You Should Ask, and you can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and you can uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Stitcher. Until next time.
1: All right. Thanks, Bob. Thank you, Jeff.